Turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. I'm super excited about today, uh, but even knowing uh, that, uh, there's not going to be much today, but we are starting uh, an exciting study. I remember watching a show on TV. You remember that when there were shows on TV uh, and you didn't watch on your computer? Uh, boy, that was way back when, Pastor Kevin. I know, I'm 52. Um, and uh, I remember watching this show. It wasn't around for very long. I think it was called Early Edition. And it starts out with this guy. Uh, he comes out of his house or apartment or whatever it was, and he looks down on the ground, and there's a newspaper. You know what those are? Uh, it was a newspaper, and he picks it up, and he goes inside and reads it, and he gets scores and stock prices and stuff like that, and he reads the news. And then he realizes that uh, the next day, uh, he watches the news, and he realizes that he knew ahead of time uh, because the paper was the early edition, and somehow it was this creepy thing where he got the news one day before everyone. And I think it was on, you know, it was a show that ran for four years, and then uh, nobody cared about what was happening in the future, so nobody watched it. I don't know. Uh, it was discontinued or whatever. It brings about this idea that most of us have uh, a curiosity and a desire to know what's going to happen next. Uh, we think about that. We, we look at, uh, you know, we, we want to know who, you know, everyone predicts things and we, we want to know, are their predictions right? Uh, how, how do we know and, you know, what's going to happen next? And even as our world has been spinning, uh, really, these last couple of years and uh, seeming out of control, uh, there's a question of what's going to happen next and who knows? Uh, and I, I want to encourage you, we're going to look at God's word uh, this, these next months in the book of Daniel and we are going to look at really what happens next. Uh, these are things predicting or prophesying about the future. Uh, we are diving into the deep end. Uh, this is not going to be uh, simple stuff. Uh, but at the same time, most of you know who I am, and I'm not that complicated of a guy. Um, I, uh, I am not an expert in prophecy, Bible prophecy, uh, but neither are you. Uh, and so among the blind, the one eye is king, right? Uh, no, we'll, we'll learn together. We, we will learn together. And uh, as we look at this, I want to encourage you. I know some of you are extremely smart people. And you, you, you love to know the details. And you love to know how things work. You're, you know, the, the classic joke that I've been told around here. I never heard it before I moved here. And there were so many engineers where, you know, you ask an engineer what time it is and they tell you how to build a watch, right? You know, they, they want to explain to you how a watch works and this and that. And I want to tell you, uh, be careful. Be careful as you dive into the issues of prophecy. Uh, don't believe everything you think you know, uh, right? And really cling to the Word of God. Cling to what it says. And, and as we walk through it, uh, grab pieces as God reveals to us in His Word that we can grab with confidence uh, as we look to the future. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting, the book of Daniel is uh, really the book in the Old Testament that has the most about 
uh, the things that are to come. Uh, some have equated it with revelation in the New Testament uh, is Daniel in the Old Testament. And so as we get into this section, we've seen six chapters, really, uh, there's a little bit of prophecy even in that, uh, but six chapters of really how to live as God's person, uh, how to live from the time of this life till the end. And now we're going to look at really what's going to happen in the end um, and as that unfolds. First of all, I'd like to talk a little bit about what is a prophet. Um, that word is thrown around in some Christian circles pretty, uh, pretty liberally. Uh, you know, the prophet this, the prophet that, and they prophesied, and they had a dream, and they had this. And I want to tell you, um, what's the difference between when it says prophet and prophecy in the Bible? And what is the difference between a person today who calls himself a prophet and is prophesying? I want to tell you, they're not inspired. Uh, they may have had a dream. They may have had some ideas. Uh, they, but I want to tell you, the only certain prophecy that we have is found in His Word. And I want to tell you, you should uh, keep clicking. Keep clicking. Uh, when you run across some prophecy online, whoop, sorry about that. <laughs> Click. Go to something else. Uh, you can turn it off. Go garden or something like that. Um, uh, I want to tell you that uh, this is what we can trust in as we go to God's Word. It's interesting uh, because a prophet, and there's different words that come close to it, both in the old and the new, an angel, uh, angel, prophet, and apostle. Angel, prophet, and apostle. And all three of those are similar in that uh, they're messengers. They're messengers. An angel it comes and he, he brings a message, not just a message many times, but is a, a servant of God doing what he wants to do on earth. A prophet, a prophet is bringing a specific message. He's a messenger. And then in the New Testament, you see the apostles as they brought a message, a new message, in the establishing of a church or churches. And so uh, we get this picture of a prophet being called and used by God to communicate his message to his people and even to the, the world at that time. And as it's recorded in Scripture, really for eternity, uh, his word being secure. Uh, what does he communicate about? Well, um, it's interesting for us to think about. When we think of prophecy, immediately we go to end time. End time stuff, you know, what's going to happen in the future? It's predictive. But know this, that the prophets in the Old Testament were talking about today, today. Uh, they, their primary message was for today and also for the immediate future, immediate future. We see that uh, in the book of Daniel where uh, Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar have dreams that uh, they're burdened about, and Daniel uh, interprets them, and immediately, or very soon after, really immediately, uh, those things happen. And they express God's view on what's going on today and what he is going to do regarding that. There's that third part, though, um, of what uh, prophets talk about today, the near future, and the end future. Um, and that's really how we're going to view this because we are not part of the day of Daniel. 
We're not part of the immediate future. We'll see some of those things uh, being come to conclusion even in the time of Daniel. And now we look towards the end. Um, I, I, I want to tell you this. Um, why should you trust the message of Daniel? Well, it's the word of God, right? But even thinking about that, and uh, when Nebuchadnezzar has these dreams and uh, Daniel says, you know, for, for seven years or seven seasons, you're going to go do this. What happened after that? For those of you who have been studying, what happened when Nebuchadnezzar had the dream and then Daniel said, for seven years, this is going to happen? What happened? Seven years, right? Seven years, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was out of his mind living in the fields with the beasts, right? Uh, so Daniel prophesied or he told what was going to happen in the immediate future. He also told what was happening that day, but in the immediate future. And so it happened. It happened. Think back to uh, the story of Belshazzar, and uh, he's out partying with his friends and his uh, many wives, many girlfriends, and just, you know, he's living it up. And, and, and they, you know, they take the, from the temple that they had taken many years ago, and they drink out of it, and there's writing on the wall. And Daniel comes in, and what does he say? He says, let me tell you about all this. There's writing on the wall, and the writing is that uh, your kingdom is going to end tonight, tonight. And what happened? The kingdom ended that night, okay? I want to point one other example. That's the book of Daniel. But as you look at greater scripture, uh, one of the, the great uh, themes of prophecy is the coming Messiah, Jesus and as you think through, uh, we celebrate this and study this uh, around Christmas time, we look at how it was predicted, the place and the time and the family and the, the mode and all these different things are, are predicted or prophesied about the Messiah. And what happened? What happened? Came true, right? These details came true. And I just want to remind you of that as a backdrop. When we look at the prophecies of this book, and specifically in the book of Daniel, even though they might seem wild, and they are. I, I say wild mostly because I haven't seen them before. Uh, I'm very limited in my scope, right? I, I've, seen, you know, I've seen what I've seen in my 52 years, but I ha- there's a lot I haven't seen. And so if we just limit to what we've seen and say that's the only thing that can happen, uh, then you'll live a 2020, 2021 type of year, and you go, man, I've never seen that before. You know, and you realize that you don't know everything, right? And so this picture in your mind, I, I want you to remember as you read about prophecy, first of all, that this is the Word of God. Uh, it's shown itself true over and over again. But not just that it's shown itself true, But know this, that when there's prophecy involved, it's already shown itself to be accurate and that it will happen. And so on the basis of those things, we can expect, we can expect, we can long for and look forward to, we can put confidence in uh, the fact uh, that these prophecies are true. Um, I just want to say this too and just, 
remind you that not all prophecy, not all prophecy is end time prophecy. Okay, uh, I think that sometimes those prophets spoke for the day, sometimes the immediate future, and sometimes for the end. And really, that it was the all the message for the people of the time that we get to look at now. Um, what makes you be afraid? What causes you fear? So here you're saying everything, <laughs> everything. There's all kinds of things that make me afraid. Um, we could uh, do a year-long series on all the things that we fear, and we would only scratch the surface. Uh, we, we fear all kinds of things. I, I think our hearts have been revealed in these last couple of years, right? Um, I fear technology. Do you? If you don't, let's talk a little bit. Maybe I can make you afraid. Um, <laughs> And I don't even know that much. Uh, uh, I fear our government. I fear health or not having health. And I fear what's going to happen next. I think that's probably the one that drives us most when we talk about these things. What's going to happen next? Um, I think all of you should go to middle school camp sometime. Because uh, there's this one question. It just made me crazy as a youth pastor. Uh, it did prepare me for uh, having kids and family of my own. But um, when are we going to get there? Where am I going to sit? Who's going to be in my tent? Where are we going to stop for lunch? When are we going to get home? You know, and the questions just go on. And uh, I, I got to the place where I, I just had fun with it, right? You know, and, uh, when are we going to get there? Five hours from now. We're five minutes away. You know, uh, uh, what, what tent are you going to be in? Uh, look around for the most annoying kid. You're going to be in his tent, okay? Who's going to be my leader? I'm going to be your leader. I'm going to be with you all the time. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think that there's a natural curiosity. And why is there a natural curiosity of what's going to come next? Because you're afraid, because you're afraid. And you think getting the details will cause you to not be afraid. Uh, it, it's interesting as kids do that when you're on the car ride or whatever. When are we going to get there? And it doesn't really matter what you say. Five minutes, five hours. And then you could be, it could be like you're almost there. You can see your destination, but it's not going to matter to your kid. Or you could just be pulling out of the driveway and they're still feeling that same thing. The details aren't going to matter, right? Because they're a kid. But as we look at this, I, I want you to get this, that there's, there's fear in the future. There's fear in the future. And sometimes the details won't help you to not be afraid. In fact, uh, we're going to see today, just briefly, that Daniel, as he saw the details, it, it, it messed him up, <laughs> made him anxious, uh, Probably made him not want to go to bed the next day, you know. Oh, I hope I don't have another dream like the one I had last night. Uh, uh, these, are, these details will not uh, calm your soul. But I want to encourage you about something. That uh, you may fear the unknown future. And then you might get details about the unknown future. But I want you to know this. Uh, all these details are about the one who holds the future. The one who's going to make the details come to fruition. 
And as you think about this whole study, as we think about prophecy, it's not about you knowing the details. It's about you knowing the one who has those details in his hand, okay? Uh, With that in mind, uh, we're in Daniel chapter 7. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I want to read to you the first 18 verses. It's quite a bit. Um, But we're only going to look at, for the most part, the first three here today, okay? In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as as he lay in his bed. And then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold... Uh, The four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts uh, came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Uh, Then as I looked, its wings were plucked off and, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one like a bear. It it was raised up on one side and it had three ribs uh, in its mouth between its teeth. And it was old. It was told, uh, arise, devour much flesh. Verse uh, 6 there. After this, I looked and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had uh, four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong, and it had uh, great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped uh, what was left with its feet. It was different from all the, the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns and... And behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three, uh, three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, uh, it, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. As I looked, uh, thrones were placed and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow and his hair uh, of his head was pure like wool. His throne was, was fiery flames, and uh, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out before him. A, a thousand thousands served him, and, tens, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were open. I looked then... Uh, because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the, in the night visions and behold, uh, with the clouds of heaven, There came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and and glory and a kingdom 
that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and His kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who had stood there and asked him the truth concerning all of this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts and four, are four kings who shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever, and ever. God, we ask your blessing on your word. Help us to understand parts of it now and that you would come our hearts, cause us not to fear. I, I, I ask that you would draw others to yourself even now. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Where we're going this morning is just looking at uh, these three verses and then really uh, giving a taste of why he gives us a picture of the future as we conclude our time, and then uh, we'll it's dipping our toe into the deep end, and next week we will dive headlong in, uh, and so this is your preparation, okay? Um, as we move in this passage this morning, we, we see what time it is, right? There's a time stamp there. Uh, it speaks of Belshazzar, and as you think about this, it's not chronological. Uh, the Bible's not that concerned with chronology. Some of the writers, as they brought things, they do things differently. And others do it in chronological order, meaning it's just one event right after the other. Uh, Daniel is jumping back to a day as he comes to chapter 7. You, you realize that uh, in chapter 6, it's King Darius, but in chapter 5, it's uh, King Belshazzar. Belshazzar, if you were here uh, a few weeks ago, when we talked about that, we realized that he was probably co-king with his father or even grandfather and somehow of the line of Nebuchadnezzar, somehow connected uh, through family there. And maybe even the possibility of other kings right before him that we don't hear about. But Daniel, he marks this time and he says, this is what it is. This is the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. This is the time this happens. If you do the math, uh, Daniel is 67 at the time, 67, which means uh, that he is probably 52 years or so, 50 years plus of him being in captivity, in captivity. Now, um, I, I keep struggling. I, I'm so familiar with this story without thinking about how long that is. Um, I, I struggle to, to put that into perspective. Uh, what have you been doing for the last 50 years? <laughs> Think about that. What have you been doing for the last 50 years? Where have you been? Most of you have not been in one place the last 50 years. Some of you have. Uh, but this idea of 50 years... And not 50 years doing whatever you want, but 50 years being in captivity. It's not that this captivity was all horrible. We don't get the sense that Daniel is trying to run away every day. 
But we also know that he is behind enemy lines, that he is a, a fish out of water. Even as I heard the Lil Pops talk about, um, and that Brandon share that really one kid in a high school uh, that would know the Savior, right? Um, just to put that in perspective, we have 30 or 40 kids uh, that go to the high school ministry here. And the middle school ministry, um, if, you're, if you're depressed, if you're depressed and lacking energy, show up here Thursday night and plug into whatever's going on over there. Because there's like 40 kids and they're bouncing off the walls and they're not struggling for energy, right? Uh, there's plenty of good jokes that you can talk about energy drinks and why young people drink energy. It doesn't make any sense. Um, one comedian said that they should pass those out at the assisted living home, uh, you know, all the energy drinks. But that might be a problem, too. Anyways, um, but Daniel uh, is now 67. Uh, some of you are around that age, and you can picture what that's like. And uh, he is, that's what's happening in his life. He has this dream now. Um, as you see this, uh, the, the year, not that any of you are going to write this down or can get a perspective on it, it's uh, probably 553 B.C. Um, and Daniel has this dream. He has this dream. And what, what you see in the Old Testament as there's these dreams, what these dreams are, um, some of you are trying to make sense of your dreams, and they just have a lot to do with what you ate before you went to bed, Right? Uh, they're, they're not all that, uh, you know, uh, these specific dreams were from God, from God meant to be recorded in his holy eternal word. So that makes them different, right? Um, it has nothing to do with the tacos. Um, uh, as you see this, uh, it, it says in verse one, it says uh, in this first year, Belshazzar, king of uh, Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his head as he lay in his bed. Um, then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. What it is, it's a picture of what God wanted him to see and what God wanted him to know, but not just to know, see, but to write down. And so if you can picture this, uh, you're a 67-year-old male, and you go to bed, everything's fine when you go to bed, and then in, in the night, you have a crazy dream, a crazy dream. And as you wake up in the morning, what you do is you spend some time reflecting on that dream, and you write it down. That's what happened here. And as Daniel wrote this down, it wasn't that he uh, wrote down every detail of the dream, but it says that he wrote the point or the sum of the matter, the, the picture that would be able to be shared. And that's what we have here uh, this morning as we go through this. This was undoubtedly part of uh, that writing that he did the next morning. So what was the content of the, the dream? And, and know this, I already said this, but I'm going to say it again. This was God's intended dream for him. And not just for him, for us. For us this morning and the weeks to come as we look at this. Daniel wrote this down because he was a prophet of his day sharing with them and writing down 
what's going to happen, but for us. Um, it's part of the magnificence of God and how he works things out that we would be able to look at his word this morning. So as we see what is the content of the vision, and we're just going to really hit the uh, very basics here this morning and then go into the details in the weeks to come. As you look down at verse 2, it says Daniel declared, and you should think about this, uh, one of the details, Daniel's writing, right? So now Daniel's writing about what Daniel declared, right? And so this was part of this whole idea that he wrote it down and now he's quoting himself, quoting what went on. Daniel declared, well, what did Daniel declare? Uh, Verse 2, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. The first thing he sees is the four winds of heaven. Now, part of this, there's going to be a lot of numbers in the book of Daniel. There's going to be a lot of numbers. And he's queuing, carrying on these numbers. And there's a cadence to them a little bit and it, uh, for impact. And he says, the four winds. And then he's going to say, the four beasts. And there, there's this idea of even excitement and picture and number. Um, he, he starts with the four winds of heaven. And most commentators think of the four directions, the four directions of the earth and this picture of it coming from all four directions. Uh, you know, north, south, east, and west. Uh, it, 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 I'd say it this way. I, I just ask you this question. What way does the wind blow? Most of you are saying, well, uh, depends what day it is. Depends what day it is. Uh, uh, it's funny, as you grow up a kid in uh, Southern California, what, what are the winds that you always know about, but you don't know why they're called that? The Santa Ana winds, right? I've never lived in Santa Ana. I'm in Santa Barbara. There's no Santa Barbara winds. There is Tehachapi winds, right? Uh, they blow whatever you have in your yard far, far away. Even trampolines and stuff like that. Uh, we came home from church one time and our trampoline was in the neighbor's yard across the street. It might have been a pretty awesome, yeah, it would have been really cool to see, but we didn't. Just stuck in the junipers. Um, but uh, as you look at this, you say the Santa Ana winds, but that those are the unusual winds, right? It usually blows the other way, but uh, sometimes it can blow from this way or that way, offshore, onshore. Like you, you look at these things and you say, well, it you got to go check which way the wind blows. What does it say here? As you look at this, it says, I saw in my vision of my head the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, meaning that wind was coming from everywhere. It was blowing, and and you can imagine what that would do to the sea. Uh, Some have speculated that this is the Mediterranean pictured here. Well, it probably isn't the Mediterranean. It's probably something much bigger than that. And the the idea that the sea is not the most important part here. It's the idea that the wind is what it's causing to have happen on the sea in his vision, in his dream, in his mind. Okay? Um, So what is going on? He says he, he pictures... This incredible chaos. I, I want to ask you uh, about this. Who controls the weather? <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad none of you uh, 
yelled out, the Chinese, uh, uh, you know, the government, you know, I'm glad none of you said that. Um, they're trying. Believe me, they're trying, right? Uh, if you can control everything, uh, if you think you can do it, uh, that, that's, that's what it feels like. But as you think about who controls the wind, God does. Kids would have got it. Kids would have got it right away, right? God does. Uh, it's so, they're so excited up here, and you guys are such duds out here. I don't know, I don't know what to do with that. Like, you know, uh, it's, they're too much for me, too. Like, if I, had, I, I get, like, two minutes or something, and I'm like, whew, that was a lot. They're a lot. Uh, but uh, the, the picture of winds, who controls the wind, God controls the wind. If you look throughout Scripture, you realize that God does things through wind, and the picture of the Spirit of God even being connected to the wind. And you think about Jesus, uh, Jesus in the boat, right? You remember Jesus in the boat and the wind was going, the storm was coming and everyone's freaking out and Jesus says, be still. And, Whoa, it's a big deal. Who controls the wind? God does. And as we see this, these four winds, four winds don't usually come at each other, but they are. Um, and as they are, they are stirring up the great sea, the great sea. And, and we will get a picture. Uh, I, I'll just briefly tell you this, and then we'll get a clearer picture of this. If you see the sea, uh, you just see the sea, right? There's the ocean. What's in the ocean? Everything that's in the ocean. There's water, there's plants, there's animals. It's all there. It's just one big pile of stuff, right? The sea. And out of that sea, there are different things. There are different things. He is going to talk about, um, well, I'll, I'll just tell you that the picture of the sea here is the sea of the whole heathen world. The, the sea of humanity and it's not uh, so much, I, I said the word heathen just because somebody else said it when I was in my reading, but it's the worldly world. It's from the place where all of us are. And, and this picture is that out of this mess of humanity, the sea is stirred up, it is stirred up, uh, and we're going to get the four beasts coming out of there. The stirring up of the great sea, it's, it's indistinct. It, there's nothing that you really see other than the sea itself. And then it comes to these four great beasts. God's word says this. Uh, um, I, I saw my vision uh, by night and behold, the four winds of heaven uh, were stirring up the great sea. Verse 3, and four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. Different from one another. As you see this, um, this is really getting down to it and uh, getting down to the important stuff. And I, I want to encourage you that the Word of God, every word is important and gives a better picture of what we can see in His Word, what He wants to communicate. But that said... There are some verses of conclusion and uh, interpretation and uh, bringing to fruition in your mind what the point is. And we're going to see a great one today. We're going to see a great one today. But as you see this, you see 
we have this winds of heaven, chaos in the sea, stirring up the great sea of the worldly world or humanity. And out of these, out of this chaos, four great beasts uh, are shown. Uh, we, we read those, and uh, it's going to be an exciting week as I try to explain these animals that, you know, <laughs> I, don't know I don't know how you read that, but um, like you say, like a leopard, and you're like, yeah, I've seen a picture of a leopard with four wings on, uh, uh, of the bird on its back. I've never seen one of those before. Um, and that's what these beasts are. They're ones we have never seen before. They're distinct. So anyways, that's next week. But um, these great beasts. First of all, I, w- I want to point out something. They're great. Out of the sea of humanity, and I would even say it this way, the sea of the history of humanity, these four are distinct. They're great. Um. What, I'll just say this right now. Uh, stuff's happening in our world. I, I hope that as you uh, watch the news, I hope you don't watch the news, but if you do watch the news, I hope that you get excited because uh, in chaos, you realize that God is working out his plan. That's what we're going to see in the book of uh, Daniel. But um, I've seen a few things on earthquakes Uh, If any of you look at any of the data for earthquakes recently, there's been a huge uptick in the last years of earthquakes, both in size, both in size and number. Uh, I saw um, one that was put to, uh, uh, it showed pictures like this. Uh, It's time-lapsed from the beginning of of recording this and showing the size and magnitude. And it's it's very... uh, magnificent the way you look at it and you realize more earthquakes are coming and you say what does this have to do with anything well in the book of Matthew it says uh, there's going to be wars rumors and roars there's going to be these natural disasters earthquakes and things like that that bring about uh, food problems and so on and so forth and you realize that could be earthquakes but also volcanoes the same way Uh, one guy was talking about there are are some there's a bunch of volcanoes throughout the earth there are some that are called super volcanoes, right? Uh, And if they go, you know, it's going to get pretty exciting. And so uh, as you see these things, these events of the earth, you say, God's doing something. I don't know what, and I don't know how long, but I do know this, that God is at work. And what was I talking about? Okay, here we go. Back to this. Great beasts, great beasts. And as uh, we read later, that these great beasts are kings representing kingdoms. And as you look at the kings and kingdoms of the entire world, some are significant, some are insignificant. Insignificant. And as God, it's not just that God sees any of them as all that important, but out of this chaos, there's going to be some great kings and kingdoms that come. Okay. So, where are we at? Okay. What you see in these great beasts, they are different from one another. They're different from one another. And they're not like all popping out of the sea at the same time. There's a a progression, okay? There's one that leads to another, that leads to another, that leads to the last, okay? We're going to talk about that more next week. 
I want to give you just a few pieces. Uh, I don't want to leave you this morning. I couldn't get through the whole thing, and so I, but I do want to give you uh, some summary points uh, for the verses to come, and we will dive a little bit deeper in, in the weeks to come. Skip down to verse 9. Um, we, we sang about the ancient of days. The ancient of days. Um, and Zach and I, uh, Zach, are you here? Can I talk about him? Oh, good. He's over in the other fellowship hall. So uh, when, when Zach brought me the, the song, Ancient of Days, uh, we always talk about what songs we're going to sing, what songs we're not going to sing. And, uh, and I was opposed to singing the song, Ancient of Days. And, and the reason I was opposed to it was because the idea of the Ancient of Days, it's in the Bible. We, we, we read it today. But it's only here in the Bible. It's not a huge theme of the distinction of God. And so I'm always pushing for us to sing the big themes, the big theme, themes. And if you write a song, you should write it about the big themes. And this particular song, Ancient of Days, that's you know the theme of it is the chorus is ancient it's all about the ancient of days and he said but it's a great song and I, uh, yeah I mean, so anyways i gave in and it was a right for us to sing it for this day today uh um i'm excited to be here and to be able to preach about the ancient of days um the ancient of days is god the father and a- as you look at uh, I, I just want to point out one small thing verse 9 We'll get to more uh, things about the ancient of days. But in verse 9, as Daniel was sleeping and he saw this vision and he, uh, all these crazy things that already bounced around in his mind uh, of these beasts and what was going to happen, it comes to verse 9 and he says, And as I looked, thrones were placed and the ancient of days took his seat. Took his seat. And, and, and the picture here is this, ancient of days meaning eternal, eternally there, eternally. Uh, he took his seat, his seat, his throne, okay? And what we're going to see the ancient of days being and uh, described as, he's the one who reigns over all. He's the one who reigns over all. Why is that important to you? Think about it. Just don't, don't answer. We'll get there. The Ancient of Days is the one who took his seat and he reigns over all. There's a little bit more description. You skip down to verse 14. 14. And I, I got so excited when I put this together and felt like it would be helpful for me and helpful for you. Verse 14. It says, uh, well, let me back up to verse 13, but verse 14 is what I really want to get to, okay? I, then it says, I saw in the night visions, once again, he saw something else, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like uh, Son of Man, Jesus, and he came to the Ancient of Days, God the Father, and was presented before him, verse 14, and to him, to him, the Son of Man, Jesus, the Ancient of Days is turning, and to Him was given dominion and glory and, king, and a kingdom 
that all peoples, nations, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. So you have God the Father, the Ancient of Days, the Son of Man comes, Jesus, and then what? And then the Father gives to the Son dominion. The one who reigns gives to the one uh, dominion. And so uh, we're not talking about the software here, okay? It's not dominion software. It's not a local thing. It's forever and ever. So as a world, it's, it, it's, he takes his rightful place. He's given. He gets dominion over all the Son of Man. But wait, there's more. That was verse 14. Verse 15. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious. Yours would be too. Yours might be. You might go home tonight and go, oh, is pastor talking about it? Reading from the scriptures. I never read Daniel. Man, that kind of freaks me out, those beasts and like all that stuff. I don't know. Daniel responded like men respond. They're anxious. They're, I don't get it. Like, I, I can't. I can't process all this. This is too much for me. And Daniel was anxious. And we'll see how he uh, was quieted or his fears were relieved um, in, in the weeks to come. But so, so Daniel, just being a man like you and me, he feels awful uh, over it all. His dream was wearisome to him. But I want you to see in verse 18, this is such a great verse. This is such a great verse. Let's look at 17. 17 tells a little bit. I don't want to get into this, but 17 says this. Um, the, uh, these four great beasts came out of the tumultuous sea and the winds uh, are four kings who shall arise out of the earth. That's what those four beasts are. They're four kings. We'll get to talking about those four kings. But verse 18 says this. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever, and ever. Okay. So, ancient of days, ancient of days, uh, son of man, Jesus, Jesus, uh, ancient of days, rules. Jesus gets dominion. He, he becomes the ruler. And Daniel's freaking out. Because he's living it right now. He's down here living it. He, he's struggling with this. But what does it say? First of all, who are, um, every time I, 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 you know, I feel sorry for my, uh, I just want to make a comment for my previous Catholics here today. When you see the word saint, it throws you over a cliff, right? You say, oh, I could never be a saint. You're right. You couldn't. Apart from Jesus, you could not. What are saints in the Bible? Saints are God's people. God's people. In the Old Testament, it's through faith in the Messiah and trusting Him for what He said. In the New Testament, it's revealed what? Jesus! Jesus! And how do we become a saint? Why in the uh, epistles, they're always addressing them as saints and saints this, the saints are this place and that place. Why? Because they've been made saints by what Jesus did on the cross. There's no other way. We don't vote on it. We don't vote on it. 
It's not that somebody else identifies it in you. It's that you've trusted in Jesus Christ. And so, back to the passage. This is so great. This is so exciting. Um, What happens? Ancient of days, son of man, Daniel's freaking out. Verse 18, the saints of the Most High get and keep it all. Get and keep it all. There's this wild partnership inheritance that happens uh, as the plan of the father ruling over kings as he grants it to the son because of what the son does and then where do we come in i want to tell you because of trusting in the in, in the only savior the son of man because of trusting in him what does it say it says that we receive and till when forever forever and ever you're right the permanent possession so that's where we're going for the days to come. I want to give you a few things. It might be a little longer than I'd hoped, but never done this before. Um, some of you are sitting here and you're going, well, what does this mean for my marriage? What does this mean uh, for raising my kids? How do I take care of my grandkids? How do I, you know, I'm struggling. We're, we're in chaos right now. What does this mean? I want to tell you, uh, it means a lot. It means a lot. Uh, you got to get some perspective on the problems that you're having. You might need to get your act together because uh, there's bigger stuff coming. And the idea that you, you're not getting your way today or you somehow in life isn't turning out the way you wanted it, that's not the point. The point is that God's overall, because of what Christ has done, He's got dominion. And you might be freaking out like Daniel right now, but I want to tell you in times to come, because of Jesus, what he's done, the Most High, uh, we, are, we are saints of the Most High. And all the riches of heaven are ours because of Jesus. You might wonder about your health issues. I want to tell you, your health issues, don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. Take steps that you feel like God wants you to take. You know, step this way or that way. Uh, Do what you think God wants you to do. And then get excited about the end, what's coming. Uh, You know, as as Paul said in the book of Philippians, he he was struggling between staying here and serving the Lord, and he he struggled between the two. That should be our struggle. We say, I I would much rather go to be with Jesus forever. It's going to be better there. But I got stuff to do down here. I don't always know what those are, but I'm going to do those and then I'm going to go be with him forever. That's the life of a Christian. This is what this has to do with your health issues. Maybe you have extended family drama. Thank you for not saying amen. Um, Maybe you're concerned about politics and economics and all these things. I want to tell you, put them in perspective of what God is going to do. I want to give you uh, real briefly, real briefly, Um, some things about what God is sharing with us as we study prophecy in the days to come. The the first thing in the book of Daniel, God's wanting to tell us, I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten you. Why would they be thinking that? Because at the time where Daniel got this dream, he was 50 plus years in, right? And if you've done anything for a long time, you're going, God, you know, how long is this going to take? You know? Uh, and what, what God is sharing with Daniel and so his people 
I have not forgotten you. Um, soon after this, I want to say 70 years of captivity, God continues to work out his plan in them. Second thing, and much like th- these have overlap, I am still working. I am still working. Um, after a while, you might go through an intense time where you, God brings you through something, and then you say, oh, God's not really working anymore. It's kind of settled down. He's not, he's, he's not working. I want to tell you, God was encouraging them. I'm still working. I'm still working. I'm still doing things in what's going on. Thirdly, I have a plan. I have a plan. Uh, some of you think your plans are better than God. I think all of us do to some degree. We go, well, God, I really wouldn't do it this way. Let me give you some tips. Rearrange your plan. for. God's not going to do that. But as he uh, uh, gives a, some of the details in Daniel, the latter chapters of Daniel, he is saying, I have a plan. I have a plan. I've not forgotten you. I'm still working. I have a plan. Um, and for you to know, know what's coming. Don't be afraid or deceived. Uh, I think that... Um, one of the reasons we watch the news is because we're looking to politicians, world leaders, billionaires, whoever, and we're saying, uh, tell me what's going to happen so I can jump into your plan and do what you're going to do. And I want to say, you should be watching that stuff and going, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. If he says that, I'm definitely not doing that. You know, and, and going like that. That's the way you should be watching this. Why? Because there's a better plan, right? Um, he has a plan. We need to know what's coming that we would not be afraid nor deceived. Nor deceived. Fourthly, God's saying, I have a track record. I have a track record. Remember, I told you things before and they came true. Remember, I told you how to live and it came true. Remember, I I sent my son Jesus according to plan. And do you remember what he did for you? I have a track record. I can be trusted. If I can be trusted in those things, I can be trusted in the way I bring this plan to fruition. The end times prophecy will come true. Number five, he's saying I'm right on schedule. I'm right on schedule. Often we, uh, uh, often we are doing things and we go, oh, and it seems like the plan got derailed somewhere. It seems like there's some way, shape, or form that the schedule's not on schedule. And God says, no, I'm right on schedule. I, I, I'm bringing this together. Sixthly, um, and I think this is one of the most powerful messages, especially in this chapter, and as it goes on, the picture of the Ancient of Days. I am over the nations, rulers, and kingdoms. You know, uh, I was, some, some countries are insignificant in our world right now. I talked to someone from Singapore uh, one time, and he was sharing with me, everybody in Singapore has to serve in the military for, I think it's two years. And he says, it's really not that big of a deal to serve in the military. And I said, why? He goes, well, our military strategy is basically if we get attacked, we stand there for a little bit, and then we start retreating, hoping the United States comes quickly. Um, And I think that many countries are like that. Uh, United States, we're proud, right? No, we can take on any better. We're number one. You know, we got the best this or that or the other thing. I want to tell you that the book of Daniel is sharing with us 
for all nations, all people, all kingdoms, all time, that God wants to share this. He says, I am over them, you, all of them. Even if they team up and make alliances, I'm over all. And lastly, I just say this. God's wanting to communicate with his people. Do not fear. Do not fear. But for those of you who aren't part of God's kingdom, part of God's people, aren't saved by grace that your sins are forgiven, you should fear. You should fear. He's telling to his people, do not fear. But he's telling to an onlooking, rebellious, got it all together world, you should fear. You should fear. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your kindness and your mercy. God, uh, um, I thank you for all this, all this that we've looked at today. I thank you for the confidence that we can have because of your plan being worked out and your, your sovereignty over all, over the nations, both in history and now and in the future and forever and ever. And God, I, I'm, I'm humbled and sobered at, uh, at um, how you have blessed us and how you've included us when we did not deserve to be included. And uh, it is a dramatic thing to say that we would be called saints, and God, I, I know that's only apart from your gracious gift of your son. I know that um, you overpaid. I know that you uh, did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves and we didn't deserve for you to do for us and you loved us. And so God, do your work in your church as we begin this study of what you're gonna do in the future. God, if there's any here tonight, today that uh, are, are struggling and don't know that they are fearful, and they, they don't know that their soul is secure in you, I pray that that would come about today. Um, God, thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.